1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 to 11. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he gives them to each one, just as he determines. God bless his word to us. And so to return to the circles which we had early in the service, relationship with God and with our community in the world and with each other, and we've thought about relevant biblical teaching and engaging worship, what that might look at, look like. Carol's led us in prayer this morning. Prayer needs to be at the centre of what we do. Uh, we're not thinking about putting our faith into practice now, but we are thinking about using our gifts, which is where our relationship with God interacts with our relationship with each other. God gives us gifts that we can use to bless and minister to each other. So as part of thinking about our relationship with God this morning, we're thinking about the gifts that God has given to us. In about 1665, Isaac Newton shone a beam of white light into a prism and discovered that white light is actually made up of a spectrum of different colours, which refract at different angles through the prism according to their varying wavelengths. So you shine white light into a prism and you get a range of pretty colours. The prism is not the source of the light, doesn't generate the light, the light doesn't stay in the prism, but the prism provides the medium through which the range of colours which make up white light can be seen. As the Spirit of God enters the church, the presence of God is manifested in different ways through each and every single individual, giving range to a whole range, giving rise to a whole range of different gifts. The church is not the source of the gifts. The church doesn't generate the gifts. 
but the Spirit passes through the church and comes out in a variety of gifts and acts of service. The Spirit equips us to serve Christ in the world and to be the medium through which God is at work in the world. No one can see the Spirit of God. But the Spirit of God is displayed in the church through the range of gifts that are revealed. In the first part of 1 Corinthians 12, Paul lists gifts that primarily (coughs) are to do with speaking. So he talks about words of wisdom and insight, words that express faith, words that bring healing into people's lives, words which release God's liberating power into people's situations, words of prophecy, the ability to discern whether the Spirit of God or perhaps some other spirit is behind what someone is saying, the capacity to speak words in an unknown language or to interpret what someone else has said in an unknown tongue. Nine gifts. It's not intended to be an exhaustive list. It is a representative list highlighting perhaps some of the gifts that the people in Corinth tended to rate a bit more highly than others. They mistakenly thought that if someone had this or that gift, well, that made them important. That made them someone special. That meant there was something significant about them. But Paul looks to set them right on that score. There is a whole variety of gifts, but they all originate in the same spirit. And it's the spirit who distributes those gifts among people as the spirit decides. So that each person can use whatever gift they've been given, not for their own prestige, but for the benefit of other people. Having this or that gift does not make the recipient of that gift particularly important. The gift just provides an opportunity for them to serve Christ effectively as they use that gift and as for God works through them as they use that gift for the benefit of other people. So all gifts have their origin in God and all gifts are designed to be for the benefit of others. Our role is to be willing to serve. To be open for God to work through us in love and in grace and in power. To employ those gifts in God's service and for the benefit of those around us. Whatever you do, whatever I do, it's the same Lord we're serving. Whatever we do, it's the same God working through us as we use our different gifts. The gifts that each of us has received from the Spirit of God. And each of, us does have a, has a, have, each of us does have a gift. Paul is quite explicit in that respect when he says that to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And the Spirit gives gifts to each person just as the Spirit determines. If you feel you haven't got a gift, that's probably just because you haven't discovered it yet. And the best way to discover your gift is by willing to serve as opportunities to do that arise. Check out the job fair in a couple of weeks' time if you're looking for a place to begin. I am not a Baptist minister because when I was a 17-year-old I had all the requisite gifts for being a Baptist minister. 
I'm a Baptist minister because I responded to a call to do odd jobs for a disabled lady in the adjoining village. And she got us doing all kinds of stuff. And one day when I was painting her ceiling, she said out of the blue, she thought I would make a good minister. She'd never heard me preach a sermon. I'm not sure I had any in-depth pastoral conversations with her. But I guess what she saw was a willingness to serve. And she probably discerned as well that painting was probably not going to be my primary gift. (laughs) But it was directly out of that conversation with her that I felt God for the first time calling me into ministry. And the journey started with a willingness to go and serve a little old lady by doing odd jobs around the home and in her garden. So if you find yourself scratching your head thinking, well, what, what should I do? Where do I begin? My advice to you is look for opportunities to serve. Because if you start to serve and the willingness is there, God will direct you to a place where you can use your gifts effectively in his service. Because it's as you serve him that his spirit equips you with the gifts you need to serve him and creates opportunities for God to work through you to enhance the lives of other people. We are called to be allocentric people, which is a posh technical term, meaning we are called to gear our lives around the lives of other people rather than around ourselves, rather than being concerned about ourselves, our own status, our own needs, our own wants, our own desires. If you look at President Trump in America at the moment, his attitude is America first. Everything has to be geared around America. That is the antithesis of what Paul is talking about here. My life isn't to be geared around me and my importance, what matters to me. We are called to gear our lives around others. You can see that from Paul's choice of vocabulary here. The Corinthians talked of gifts as pneumatica, spiritual gifts. They could associate how spiritual they were with the spiritual gift they were using. But Paul uses a different word. He uses the word charisma. And that word has associations with charis, which means grace. And he says when you use a gift, it's not about how spiritual you are, it's about how much grace you are showing by what you do. Because it's not what you do that matters, it's the way that you do it. And grace is about giving. It's about being generous. It's about taking the initiative in doing good to other people. Grace looks for opportunities to serve. Grace looks for opportunities to bless somebody else. Grace looks for chances to encourage someone, to support them, to give to them, to enrich the lives of those around them. That is the kind of people that we are called to be, committed to making other people's lives better. And it's all about practical acts of service. When the the pagans looked at the early Christians and were struck by how much these Christians love each other. It wasn't because they overheard them singing let there be love shared among us in their meetings. It was because of the way the Christians were there for each other. The way they were committed to each other. The ways in which they served each other and supported each other and gave to each other and were generous and unstinting in their commitment and support of each other. And that was because they understood that the gifts they received were expressions of God's grace. And there's nothing selfish about grace. Grace needs to be given away. 
needs to be passed on. Needs to be used for the benefit of other people. And that is what Christians did as they used the gifts they'd received in order to give to those around them. And when that works in practice, it means that no one is independent. We are all here for each other. And that's a position of strength. And when that works as it should, we get a glimpse of what God is like. Because God is a giving God. God is a God of grace. Father, Son and Holy Spirit giving to each other and giving to the world their love, their gifts, their presence. You know, Christians aren't wonderful people. Far from it, actually. We're Christians because we're people who get it wrong and know that we need forgiveness. We know that we need help to sort our lives out. If we had it all together, we wouldn't be here in church. Church is not a club for successful people to showcase their talents. Church is a place where broken people find healing, where sinful people find forgiveness, where insecure people find acceptance, where isolated people find love. What the church showcases is the grace of God changing people's lives. The church showcases the grace of God as that is manifested in the range of gifts that become visible as people use those gifts to minister to each other and as the light of God's Spirit is refracted through the prism of the church to reveal a whole range of different ways in which we can bless and enrich and support and encourage each other. In the church, gifted people are not valued because they are perceived as being wonderful or clever or indispensable or hard-working or exceptionally high achievers. In the church, people are valued and loved as family, as brothers and sisters in Christ. It's all about relationship. It's not about skill sets. So don't let a fear of failure hold you back. The biggest barrier to being used by God is not a lack of talent, but a surfeit of pride. If it becomes all about me, then the role of the Spirit in giving me the gifts that I've received is sidelined. And what I do ceases to be an act of worship or service dedicated to the Lord Jesus Christ, and God can't work through me because my ego is getting in the way. But if we use the gifts that we've received in humble service of each other, then people can actually see it's all about God. It's about God being present among us. It's about God working through us. So however gifted I feel I may be, the focus needs to be on the Spirit who is the source of that gift. However hard I work, the focus is always on the Lord whom I serve. However much I may achieve, it has to be apparent, actually, it's all about God working through me. God is revealed as Father, Son and Holy Spirit through us as we use our gifts. Because the gifts we have are given to us by God the Father. He is their source. They come to us through the Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, in whose service we use the gifts we have. And they operate through the agency of the Holy Spirit who activates them in our lives and empowers us to use them effectively. In our relationships with each other, 
as brothers and sisters together in the family of God, as we serve each other in Jesus' name and allow the Spirit to minister to each other through the gifts of grace we've received, we express what it means to belong to the God who is the God of loving relationship between Father, Son and Holy Spirit and between Father, Son and Holy Spirit and us. So make no mistake, church is the place where you can discover that you are accepted and loved by God the Father. It's the place where you discover that you have been redeemed and forgiven by Jesus, God the Son. And it's the place where you discover that you are gifted and empowered by God the Holy Spirit. So it's okay. You belong. You're family. This is the place where you can discover your God-given potential and begin to use it knowing you are among people who accept you and will support you and will forgive you if you get it wrong as well. Sounds good, you might say. Where do I sign? How do I get on board? Starts with three simple words. Jesus is Lord. Words of faith, of commitment, of submission. Words that are so important that Paul said you can't even say them without the Holy Spirit because they are life-changing words of such profound significance. Jesus is Lord. When you say those words and when you mean them, and you experience their life-changing power, you realise, actually, I am God's beloved child. Jesus died to forgive me and is Lord of my life, and he equips me with gifts of the Spirit to serve him. You say those words and you mean them. Nothing is ever the same again. It's the place to start. There is no other place to begin the Christian journey but to say in your heart and with your mind and with your lips, Jesus. Jesus is Lord. Let's pray. Lord, make us people who declare Jesus is Lord, not just in the songs that we sing, but the way in which we live our lives, the way in which we interact with each other, the people that we are 24-7, For those times when we failed to live in accordance with that statement, Lord, forgive us. For those bits of our lives that we've withheld from your sovereignty, enable us to release them, to surrender them to you. For those bits of our lives where at the moment it all seems a bit chaotic and we can't understand what is going on, we want to put you in charge and trust you. And when we're not sure what we should be doing, we want to give our lives to you and say, Lord, show me who I should be and what I should do. Make us people who live in the knowledge of the truth that Jesus is Lord. For in his name we ask it. Amen. And if you want to talk and pray with people at the service, the prayer team will be available in that corner, as usual. Or there will be people with badges if you want to approach one of them.